How's it going? Hi, how are you guys? My name's Uppy. What is, what is it? Uppy, U-P-P-Y. Hi, Uppy, awesome. I like it. Yeah, hi, how you doing? We're doing great. Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thanks. It's This is so cool. I've never had a three-way phone way, phone call before. <laughs> well, it's the first time for everything. <laughs> cool, thanks for chatting with me today, guys. Yeah, thank you for, for talking to us. Yeah, no worries. Um, What city are you chatting to me from, guys, and what were you doing before these interviews? We're actually in um, Oxnard, California. We were at the beach... And now we're just right off of the beach at a friend's house, um, sitting out on the balcony. It's beautiful outside. And well, usually we live in Los Angeles. Yeah, we just got we just like took off for the weekend to That's, go hang out at the beach. That sounds amazing. I I'm from Sydney, and we've had rain for the past like week and a half. We're right at the end of winter. Two days till the end of winter. Okay, so it's about to get really nice there. By the time we get out there, it'll be beautiful. Yeah, no, it really will. You'll get a lot of heat. <laughs> We've never been to Sydney or Australia, so it's like a dream come true for us. We cannot wait. We've got lots of friends out there, and we're just so excited to be coming out to Australia. That was my next question. Um, what are you guys most excited for? That's so cool. Um, what myth about Australia are you hoping to foil when you're down here, if any? Um, uh, I don't know. Well, that's a really good question. Everything bigger in Australia, right? That's one of them. Um, um uh, I don't know. You'll find out. <laughs> oh, Vegemite. 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 Yeah. We've never tried Vegemite. I've never tried Vegemite, so I'm hoping to give it a shot. <laughs> You're going to hate it. It's disgusting. I hate it. <laughs> um, and I hear there's, like, eggs on burgers a lot there, so I'm excited to try that. Beetroot. Beetroot on burgers, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of eggs on burgers. <laughs> well, that's funny. Um, cool. Well, how's reception? I've heard... Sorry? I was just going to say one more thing. I've heard that you can't rip your money. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't. rip it. Is that true? Yeah, it's made of plastic. Ah, nice. It's awesome, and it's all different colors. I'm going to try to rip a dollar bill in half. That's my goal. (laughs) Firstly, we don't even have dollar bills. Um, You can try rip a five dollar. It's purple. Oh, no, that's way too much. I I wouldn't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. The koalas aren't as sweet as, as, like, Americans believe that they 
They, when they're angry, they sound really, really scary. They sound like demons. Like, they growl from the, like, yeah, they're freaking scary. <laughs> well, I won't, I won't, I won't piss one off then, hopefully. <laughs> You'll be fine. They'll be cuddly when you're hugging it. <laughs> but yeah, we're excited to see the other bands, too. Like, there's a lot of bands on the festival that we're really looking forward to see, and festival is amazing and we've heard I mean we really we've, for years we've admired what, what Soundwave has been doing and we're just like so lucky and so grateful to be asked to, to participate in it yeah yeah um, Soundwave's AJ called you guys his most beloved how did you guys kind of get introduced to him or like what's the story there um you know our record just came out there a few weeks ago, and um, we've actually we've done a few um, like interviews with different press outlets in Australia. And one day, our booking agent called us up, and she was like, "I have really good news for you. AJ, who runs the Soundwave Festival, loves your band." And I was like, "No way!" I was like, "Is that it?" She's like, "No, he wants you guys to come out there." And we're like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" And she's like, he thinks you're, like, beloved. She used that word, and I was like, what? (laughs) That's so awesome. Blown away and totally just honored, because he's got, he's got pretty, you know, we respect his taste in music, so it's just like, he's our beloved. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's awesome. Sorry, there's a helicopter going over. All right. One second. Cool. Um, how's reception been so far for the since the album's release? Um, I think it's been good. I mean, we as soon as it got released, we did a few record release shows in our local area, and then we went on a little tour with the Boston's. And most of the reception I get is just from like you know the shows we play and the people that come and see us. And we always make a point to go out and hang out at our merch table or just kind of go out in the crowd and watch the other bands. And, you know, it's, it seems like it's been really positive. And, I mean, unless, you know, if someone has something bad to say, they don't say it to us. So that's good. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Now that's awesome. Um, I heard you wrote the band, um, I heard you wrote the album in a matter of days. Why do you think it took such little time and what was the biggest challenge? little time because when when we started out um you know we had been working on other projects together and then when we decided to do this band and we talked to tim armstrong about it and he was he was immediately on board and he was like well let's go in the studio and we all together collectively had such a good working relationship in the studio that you know we got together for like two days um just with like acoustic guitar and pen and paper, and just everyone got their ideas out there, and we came up with some songs, we didn't overthink it, and then the next day we were in the studio. So we didn't really have time to overthink anything, and we went through all the basic tracking, and then Amy went in and did all her vocals, like a couple songs a night, and uh, we never really looked back, which I think is like something that we hadn't really done um, individually, 
as like musicians, you know, a lot of times you're making a record and you, you really overthink everything and you listen to it. Or you over edit it. Over edit it. Yeah. Takes. We didn't do that. We just like wrote the songs and recorded them like just without, um, without editing ourselves or censoring yeah. ourselves. It just kind of, it was really natural. It's really, really bizarre for me and refreshing and a totally different experience that I've ever done. And, and, uh, that's, that's, I want to, you know, our second record, I I want to do the same way. Just, like, go in and not overthink it, not over-edit it, and just really capture that, like, exciting, the excitement. Like, you know, when you write a song, there's a lot of excitement. You just wrote a song, and the time to record it is right away. Right away. Mm-hmm. Because um, that's when the most energy and most excitement, that, you know, about about the song is. So we did, we captured that, I think. Yeah, that. absolutely. That's so awesome. That and I was going to Sorry? You record it, you know, uh, six months after you write it, you record it, and it's just never the same as the moment that you, it sparked that, that idea, so, yeah. Yeah, you guys must have been pretty inspired to get it, kind of like, your gut feelings were right with each song, and they're all, like, a hit, I guess. Um, that's a really interesting way to go about it, that's really cool. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun for us, and, uh. I'm glad that we didn't overthink it and um, we left it the way it was because it's also like kind of like taking a picture in a way. Like we took a picture of that moment, that like week or two of our lives because we recorded the record in a couple of days, mixed it pretty much right away, and and it, you know it's uh, now it's become like almost nostalgic. We look back on it like wow, that was like, and now it's finally out, so we could really look back on it like wow, that was a fun time, and now we actually get to go out and try to sell the thing and play shows, and it's so fun. Yeah. I like reading that you guys like to write about politics and real-life issues and stuff, like in the song Liberty. Um, do you think it's important for, for music to carry strong messages now that there's, like, so many conflicts and wars and stuff going on? Um, I think it's easier to make a, make a song that actually says something. And, you know, sometimes our, our politics could be a bit controversial, but that's just a misunderstanding. Usually we're just trying to unite people and get people thinking. And, um, you know, like we can all unite against oppression and yeah. we're not like trying to, it's, it's not, we're not like a left right band or anything like that. We're just like, you, all people can unite against oppression. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go into that, like with even songs like Friend Like Me and Family, cause it's just about just unity and, and, uh, having each other's back basically. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I guess there's a lot of music nowadays that's absolute rubbish in lyrical content, so it's a nice change to hear yours. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank, thank you so much. <laughs> well, some of that rubbish music is a lot of fun to listen to sometimes, you know. But it I, I really is. appreciate it. <laughs> um, with Tim producing the album, I'm sure there was a definite rancid influence going on. Who else influenced the album, and which influence might we be surprised by? I don't know if you'd be surprised by any of them, but, like, uh, Amy and I singing together, a lot of our harmonies are influenced by X, the Los Angeles band. Um, you know, we listen to a lot of, like, um, Jamaican ska and two-tone ska and reggae and rock steady, so there's a lot of that influence in the rhythm. We love Cox Bar. Yeah, we love Cox Bar. We love Oi, so there's a lot of that in, like, kind of the, in our energy, so I think... Obviously, Madness Selector. Yeah, Madness Selector. All the two-tone bands, we, we just love them. And, like, just the energy. I mean, 
we've seen all those bands live before too and and just like the feeling you get when you watch them live is you just want to dance yeah. so we just wanted to make music that would make people feel the same way nice yeah i'm sure you do that <laughs> um ska punks are really like fun genre as you guys might like will agree obviously um do you think there's room for ska punk to to flourish in the mainstream or is that something you'd ever want for the band um i think to answer that question i think we want to put our music out to as many people as we can ever get to hear it you know we would never want to limit ourselves as a band whether or not it could go into the mainstream i i don't you know i don't know it it has before and it, it always comes in and out but the thing i love about it is it's always there. Even when it's not mainstream, it's still going on in the underground. There's still bands starting up. Every day, some kid will go out and buy the Op Ivy CD like it just came out. Mm. And they're another huge influence. So, I think Scott Punk will never really die. Whether or not it comes back to the mainstream full-fledged, we'll have to wait and see. I'd be excited if it did because then I could actually turn on the radio and enjoy it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, tell us something not many people know about the band. three brothers all the time? Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's really, really awesome because, um, well, there's so many reasons why, but they just work together so well. They're a fine-oiled machine. They're <laughs> like, there's, we load in, we load the gear in, we load the gear out. Whatever we're doing as a band, it's just so um, precise and easy and they've, they've worked together for so many years like, and they grew up together so they know they just read each other's minds, and, like, I don't really have to say anything. I just kind of, I just sit back and, and I'm in awe at the way <laughs> they work together, they love each other. It's just, like, they're really close brothers, you know? It's not like... Uh, not like Oasis. I was just going to say, it's not, it's not Oasis. Or Hanson. Best friend. So, it's, they're best friend brothers. There's, there's not, there's not, like, fights or any of that kind of thing. So, really, like, they're really close, and it's awesome to be part of family you just like sit back and watch the magic it's so true it's so true it's like can i help with anything they're like no i got it like and they really do got it they got everything they got it it really makes my job very easy nice and that's uh i'm lucky i'm very lucky yeah that's really nice um now tim Timebomb and friends sounded awesome but i was a little confused by it um can you give us a really quick rundown of that Okay, uh, one day, um, I actually work in the studio with Tim a lot, because I engineer for him, and, um, you know, we play a lot of records together, 
Transplants, Jimmy Cliff, um, Devil's Brigade. I've worked on a bunch of stuff with him. And one day we recorded a song and he was like, I want to put it out right now. And he put it out and then the next day we did it and the next day we did it. And then next thing you know, we were doing a song a day. So Tim Timebomb and friends was like, he, he had this idea of, I just want to put out a song every day. He did all the artwork for him. He would draw a picture and we'd put him out by 5 p.m. that day. And you know, when you're doing a song a day, you end up bringing in so many musicians. So we had like all these different groups of session players. And, you know, thankfully Tim used the interrupters on, on a lot of this stuff. But he also had like world class country bands and like reggae bands. And it was just fun. It was a lot of covers, some like reimaginations of his original songs. So th- that turned into just this, this huge wealth of material. And, and he did it for a whole year, so 365 songs. Whoa. So then shortly, actually during, Rancid went on tour, and um, we actually did a, we did a, like a 45-minute Tim Timebomb set before Rancid played. So it was the Interrupters, Tim Timebomb, and Friends and Rancid, and that, that was pretty fun to do. And Kevin, and Kevin played, you know, guitar in the Interrupters, and then he played, um, like he's... He's in guitar, guitar, in Tim Time Mom and Friends, and then he played uh, um, organ in Rancid every night. So he, he was on stage like three, with three different bands every night, which was quite quite something to watch. It was amazing. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of insane, but it was remarkable. Yeah, it was fun. I had and fun. Then, then, then you did, and then Transplant. yeah, before that was Interrupters Transplants Rancid, and I played bass for the Transplants too. So I was up there a lot of the time, but Tim was up there longer. He was doing a solid two and a half hours on stage every night. He's like a machine. <laughs> That's sick. All right, guys, Um, I think I'm out of time, but thank you so much for having a chat to me and taking time out from your little beach adventure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. No worries at all. Um, I'm going to try to get down to Soundwave as I always do, and hopefully I'll catch you guys there. Yes, that'd be awesome. Thank okay, you cool. so much. Love to meet you. Yeah, and um, I'll tweet you the interview when I've typed it up and stuff, um, and yeah, you can have a read of it. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Amy and Kevin. You guys have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye.